Welcome to the Screamcast episode 96. I am Sean DeRager. And with me, as always, is uh, old man Brad Henderson. That's who we have tonight. 90, 96 episodes. Yep. He's a bit that's grumpy. It's a, a fucking okay. endurance test right there. <laughs> Listen to Brad's voice for not, actually 95 episodes because you fucks recorded one without me that time, remember? Yeah, me. Actually, yep. twice. It's all oh, so 90. It's 94 happened. episodes. Brad can subtract. Well, there's All right. actually two decent episodes out there. <laughs> also with this is BJ Colangelo. Hello, I am back. Yes. Did you Why do you it? sound like you're from Drop Dead Gorgeous? <laughs> oh, you don't need, don't even get me started on that, or I will talk in a Minnesotan accent for the rest of the show, <laughs> oh, and then man. we will lose every listener that we have. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us on the show, uh, is the man who's holding down the website, posting the news, posting uh, the Blu-ray shit, Josh Obershaw. What's up, man? How you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Of course. We've been meaning to get you on the show. I mean, you've uh, contributed to the site so much that, uh, we're, first, we're glad to have you be a part of it. Well, I've been having a lot of fun doing all of this stuff. Was he just taking a big drink of, like, beer? <laughs> I think there's a time delay, like we're on the news. <laughs> we have a two, uh, one one I, second time delay. I kind of noticed that. It's all good. I, I can I can, I can fix it in post if we need to fix it. <laughs> um, so right. we we have wrapped up heavy metal horror month, and I I think I I can say that it was like six it was a success. Success. S E X. Sex success. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Uh, I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun with the heavy metal horror episodes. And, Glad you uh, did. It was all about you, Sean. No, man, it was it was fun. It was good job. <laughs> good good job, everyone. Go team. Good good job all around. Yay. We had some good guests. Now we could take a break. Um, <laughs> we can retire. Yeah, yeah. Live and off um, interest. A lot of good posts. We had a lot of good posts for the women in horror month. As well on the sites, so that was, it was. I was just glad we can bring everything together. So, good times, so, good yeah. times all around, Sean. Thanks right. for, thanks for giving me a okay. high five. High five. <laughs> the condescension is thick today, but we'll work. Yeah, you're through. really sassy today, Brad. <laughs> I like it. It's a nice color yeah. on you. Continue today. Yeah. Today we are talking Vinegar Syndrome's. New new release, new ish release, The Bees from 1978. I think you say new. It's their latest, it was in their yeah, latest batch, right? Yeah, 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 it was in their latest batch. Oh, okay. Um, the porn. Yep. <clears throat> there was, yeah. yeah, anyway, um, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about their batch. Sweet booty holes. <laughs> We're also going to be talking about uh, Sundown, the Vampire in Retreat, and yeah. we'll be talking about Night Brings Charlie. But first, Let's dive Let's into talk about sundown. <laughs> Let's talk Let's dive into what's on our doorstep. Holy cow. I almost forgot. We'll get the door. <laughs> Fuck what's on your doorstep. I'm going to talk about sundown. <laughs> we'll get there, Brad. <laughs> I've got down. I've got two things on my doorstep and they're not that interesting. Uh, the first one was a rewatch. I rewatched Cuties, um, and yeah. I actually got to watch the special features because the first time I uh, uh, bought it from Google Play, this time I actually got to see the hard copy special features. Google Play, what the fuck? <laughs> Who uses Google Play? 
It's like I using do. Bing. Do you use Bing as well? <laughs> um, I get free gift cards whenever people write about me on Google for my job. So then I have these Google Play gift cards, and what else am I going to do with them? Watch movies. Wow, yeah. Um, so I do that. That is. <laughs> it's actually not that bad of a service. They have pretty decent stuff. Uh, on Can we VIP. watch movies together on Google Hangout? I don't know. I've never tried that. Probably. That'd be All fun. All right. There you go. I don't know. Google can do a lot of things. But uh, Rewatch Cooties, um, it still holds up. It's still a lot of fun. The follow me, I do CrossFit joke still makes me laugh so hard that I almost pee myself. Um, yeah. It's it's just such a fun movie. And you can just tell every second of it they all had a blast, which always makes it a lot more enjoyable to watch as a viewer. But uh, the special features, um, the gag reel is real good. Um, I watched that. And I mean, you, you'd assume that it would be considering the cast. I mean, it's Rain Wilson just making jokes about being Rain Wilson. <laughs> like he keeps looking at the camera and there's some, you know, nice little office in jokes of, you know, why is he looking at the camera? I'm not on the show anymore. Like <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Uh, so I highly recommend that. And then the only other thing that I watched because I was too busy Belt my face off in a musical. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, mm. we freaking brought the roof down. It was awesome. It was a great show. If you are in Ohio and didn't see it, you suck and I hate you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so I have fallen down this rabbit hole, which I'm sure other people out there know exists. But if you didn't, um, all of the little mini docs on the Return of the Living Dead films are all on YouTube. Like the guy who made them, which is also the actor who played uh, in the first film. He's, uh, you know, I think this is a costume is a fucking way of life. Like that guy. I can oh, never, I, thank you. Scuzz. I can't remember his name, but apparently he made a bunch of mini docs on the entire franchise. And there's one for each movie. And then he uploaded them all to YouTube because he made them and you can whatever the fuck he wants with them. And they're kind of awesome. Um, some really good candid interviews with, you know, Tom Matthews and Lenny Quigley and all of them just talking about their experiences on the film and how, uh, you know, it changed their careers. I highly, highly recommend them. The one on a return of the living dead two in particular is awesome because you have Tom Matthews who is just, I don't know why I signed on for this. This was a he's, terrible decision. He's the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so brutally honest. Like they ask him, you know, well, what are your final thoughts on the film? And he goes, well, my mom told me that if I had nothing nice to say, to not say anything at all. So I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and he's just so brutally honest about it. And then the, uh, the lead girl in Return 2, I can never remember her name. Oh, God, I'm terrible with names. But the well, lead the girl act- that plays um, the Dana Ashbrook's like girlfriend kind she's the like the redhead um oh suzanne snyder thank you yeah it's not matthew's girlfriend yes she is giving the most dignified beauty pageant non-answers for the entire documentary and it's brilliant everyone is just like this movie fucking sucked it was a terrible experience i don't know why we made this this was an awful idea this was a cash grab and she's like you know i just i learned so much from everyone and i just had such a great time everyone was so (laughs) kind and wonderful i'm like you are doing everything in your power not to be like this fucking blue 
but this is the only claim to fame that I have. Um, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. So I'm working my way through those, uh, highly recommend check them out. I'm going to start part three tomorrow and it's going to be nice. bad, but that's my doorstep guys. It's really boring. Go. Sorry. All right. Nice. Josh, did you have anything arrive on your doorstep that you would like to talk about? Um, actually I've been, uh, going back and looking at a couple of the movies from Larry Cohen. And one of them that I watched was entitled God told me to. Oh, sweet. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know what really to expect from this movie. I kind of assumed just from the title alone that it was going to be centered around one person who did something really, really awful and, but no, this turned out to be a lot different than what I expected. There's, I mean, it's it's a really great movie. I mean, it starts off innocently enough. Uh, you have this guy who's taking out people in New York City, you know, with a sniper rifle. But uh, this uh, one cop, played by Tony Lo Bianca, I believe his name is, uh, he starts going down this rabbit hole. And I don't know how to describe this movie without, you know, spoiling it without spoiling anything. It gets pretty weird. Yeah. So, so that's, that's one. And the other Larry Cohen movie that I saw was called it's alive, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen already. I I've never seen this it's movie. Alive. Before. <laughs> it, it's really, it's really, really good. Um, this is one of those VHS covers. I remember seeing when I was a little kid, walking down the video store aisles, especially in the horror section, mm -hmm. and just being enthralled with the box art. And the cover really freaked me out, so I never got to rent that as a kid. But I did finally watch that one, and that one, yeah. <laughs> I have the DVD. I haven't cracked it open yet. So when it's on my list of shame. I still haven't watched it. If you want to mind fuck, watch yeah, part three. That oh movie fuck you up for life. <laughs> The weirdest piece I can't of wait ever. to check out the rest of this series. Yeah. I can't well, wait to watch the rest of this series. Don't get too excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one that I saw. Sorry, Josh. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Trust me. Um, no, we uh, we covered uh, God told me to on the uh, screencast. Um, I don't know when it was, was that? episode well, uh, episode fifty one. We covered it and oh, uh, New Year's Jesus. Evil. Yeah, it was um, – yeah, to piggyback off what you said, that was um, – I don't know. That was an experience because I, I want to say like even I think when I watched it, it felt like the first time because I think it's been so long or I just didn't see it at all. I can't really remember. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a really intense uh, film, you know, especially – I don't know. It, due to the content of it, I, I think it was very well done without stepping on any toes, mm -hmm. but being very suspenseful and brutal all at the same time. You know, that's something Larry Cohen can do. Like it's it's a big. He's always a huge hit or miss. You know, like well, he he's goes a, big or he's like it's like go big or go home with him. It seems well, like it's like he like he has like he writes yeah. ten screenplays a year and like five of them hit and then five of them bomb. That's what it feels <laughs> like. He's like the old like Takeshi Mike. Mm. It's exactly what he's like, you know, he just like some things yeah. hit, just some things don't, you know, because I, I mean, I hate like I hated Q, the winged serpent. I fucking hate that movie. 
oh, really? so much. I love but, it. But you know, it's like special effects, the stuff, <laughs> a so return bad. to Salem's uh, Salem's lot. Did you just say the stuff was bad? No, no, the stuff is awesome. Uh, uh, the the special effects for Q are so bad, so but I love it. Oh yeah, Q's bad. I'm talking about special effects. The movie though. Oh, oh, oh okay. You okay. know, I I, re- I really dig <laughs> that. And like the ambulance. Like, he has some really fucking cool-ass movies, you know, and even stuff – because he writes a lot too, you know, the Maniac Cop series and, and shit like that. I mean I think he's all around a really uh, decent writer and filmmaker except for that one moment when he got stuck with phones. He was obsessed like with phone <laughs> horror. Like he had phone booth, he had cellular, and then he had the oh, other. Oh, did he movie. write those two? He wrote, he yeah, wrote cellular he and phone booth. Yeah, oh, he yeah. like did that, and then he had like that movie Captivity, but she was oh, trying to get a she was trying to get a phone the whole time. Captivity, <laughs> but I was just oh, like st- three movies about phones. I was like, dude, did you like? Is the, the phone trying to Brad. kill him or something? It's the future. Yeah, but like maybe ten years too late. <laughs> So, anyways, go ahead, Josh. Because the Sorry. internet was too complicated. Oh, message deleted. That's the that's the movie. That was <laughs> Messages deleted. Wow. The dude's got a big boner <laughs> for phones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the other one that I have is uh, Two Evil Lies, which is the George Romero Dario Argento collaboration from 1990, and. I don't know. This is one movie where I kind of feel like it's really obvious that both of these guys are kind of running out of steam at this point in their careers. So, yeah, I I didn't really think too much of that one. I mean, obviously, I like the Dario Argento segment more so than the other one. But it just seemed kind of, eh. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, I, I yeah. bought it just because it was going out of print. And I haven't watched yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's out of print. It's, yeah, I agree with you, Josh. It's just very like what you expect for two people like that to get together. Because I, I mean, I don't know. Running out of steam, I, I necessarily wouldn't say that, but you would. You're just expecting more from these guys because I think Romero kind of went strong until like after Bruiser. I think, or I guess Land of the Dead, because I, I really enjoy Land of the Dead. Man, I will defend Bruiser until I am blue mm. in the face. Yeah, Bruiser's my favorite Romero movie, so I, there's no way for me possible to say that he ran out of steam. Uh, Argento, I, I think Argento made some iconic films back in the day, just because visually I think he was very stunning. I, I think his movies are very mm-hmm. much like Fulci, that you just sometimes you just can't grasp. Because I don't know if they're supposed to make sense, but visually they're very stunning. Mm. Music, uh, you know, uh, I think that's what carries a lot of his films and why he's so iconic. But so, yeah, something like this, you think two of them getting together and making and kind of Argento making an American made uh, film with, you know, uh, you know, filmmakers and kind of being on board with Romero would be a little bit more terrifying or scary. But it's just very bland stories and I, they're they're post stories, right? Yeah, they're post they're post yes. stories. But man, you said you, the Argento you like more like that fucking cat torture stuff actually kind of got to me because it really felt like they were torturing the fucking cat, like how mm-hmm. they were picking it up and like you know grabbing. Yeah, I was like, I I don't know if I can get, like I can't get in this and fucking Harvey Keitel is like. Does he want to fuck the cat or like what's exactly going on with his 
So yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't get in that movie at all. And I think that was a first time for me last year, uh, watching it. It was just something that always kind of slipped by. Um, I think I got it mixed up with creep show sometimes, but, um, yeah. Understandable. Yeah. I actually, I vaguely remember seeing this movie, uh, in the, you know, in the old Cinemax days in the early nineties before I even really know who George Romero or even Dario Argento. I didn't even know who that guy was back then, but I had vague memories of seeing that. So when I found it again, I thought, okay, I'm going to give this another chance because, you know, I was excited, George Romero and Dario Argento. And yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a better way to describe my feelings about this movie. It's just a complete disappointment. Yeah. I think I got it confused with creep show, uh, not because of the movie wise, but because of Adrian Barbeau, she plays that same, like, <laughs> bitch like in in, in yeah. creep show and in um like the the facts of whatever the person is whatever she's playing where she plays the wife whoa Ooh, doggies he's a gold digger dog alert i know <laughs> so um but anyways i just yeah. assumed that sean hadn't fed his kids in a while Man, who's, <laughs> here? who's here get him yeah see she's worthless as a guard dog <laughs> Cool. Uh, anything right, else, Josh? I got, one more. I got one more, and this is one that I've been show. waiting a long, long time to see. And I finally got to watch it, and holy shit, it's Nightmare in a Damaged Brain. Nice. Oh, you're talking about, um, shit, what's the other name for that movie? Um, uh, it's either, no, to me, uh, from what I know, it's Known as either Nightmare or Nightmare and a Dan- Damaged Brain. Those are the two titles that I know it by. Oh, Night. Okay, I thought I thought you were talking about the the cat one. You're talking about Nightmare. Oh, th- thanks for bringing up. Um, oh, you know, it's Nightmare. That's the episode yeah. that you weren't on, Brad. Yeah, thanks for bringing it up, Josh. I'm glad you're on a first show. Of this. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Me and Brian Sauer uh, talked about it. Um, yeah, why don't you listen to the episode? Why don't you just play the episode right now? <laughs> no, 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 Josh. By all means, I want to hear Josh's thoughts on it. Okay, so this movie is batshit insane. It is insane, and it did not disappoint. I mean, <laughs> it's just a scuzzy, vile, and jaw-dropping. It did not disappoint one bit. Uh, by the way, that was uh, Screamcast 32 that uh, you know Brian Sauer and I discussed. I uh, talk about it. Nightmare. <laughs> So what was, right. <laughs> what was your excuse for missing Nightmare? That's, that's um, my interest. You, you had some fa- oh. fa- family matter you had to take care of or something, Brad. Something came up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think something came up with my dad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. We're, we're, talking uh, about, we're talking about ages ago. You know, ages ago. Uh, when Streetcast like, was bright and, you know, funny. <laughs> I mean, I've never missed an episode ever, so... <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Nightmare is great. Um, I think it's, it's out on code red. Uh, and I think it's still available here and there. I'm not sure. It's one of those, it's one of those ones that we thought was going out of print. And then like, so I bought it for like 40 bucks. And then a month later there was more. Oh, <laughs> oh you mean I like just, usual? I just randomly. Oh, we lost Josh right. over Obershaw. Oh no. I'm still here. Oh, oh, well, oh, oh no, I'm still kidding. here. <laughs> what are you going to say? <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. I, I actually randomly found it new at a, a record store in nearby Fresno. Oh, nice. And I just did not expect that. So I saw it on the shelf. I'm like, yoink. 
Mine. <laughs> I've waited too long to see this fucking movie, and I'm gonna buy this thing right now. Well, well actually, a, my brother bought it for me. That's a nice. That's a nice find there, man. Awesome. Yeah. Very I'm cool. Surprised. All right, uh, Brad. Nothing passed. You have nothing at all. I don't believe dude, you, dude. I seriously, I don't have anything right now. Wow. Like, shock. Are you, you sick? Know. No. <laughs> Do you no. have an incurable disease? No. You know what? From running this fucking metal metal horror mania bullshit that we did, I'm fucking <laughs> done. Like, I've just you've been, been busy. Yeah. I'm just you're just never up. gonna watch everything, <clears throat> anything ever again. No, I'm not watching any movies. Like the movies we're gonna talk about, <laughs> I haven't seen shit. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I will go. Here, I got a couple here. Oh, uh, I finally got around to watching uh, Eduardo Sanchez's 2014 Bigfoot movie, Exists. <laughs> oh, so you, yeah. You mean you watched the camera point at the ground for an hour and a half? And I've, I honestly, I think I'm done with first person slash found footage movies for a oh, while. It would be so bad if the this... fucking camera didn't point at the goddamn ground the whole entire movie. <laughs> Like, I love found footage, but this, dude, if you're going to carry the camera, at least put it on your shoulder. Well, yeah, but it's like, it's like this guy, there's so it many issues. It makes it more authentic when it just points at the ground. Yeah, but it's like, there's, there's so many moments where this guy should not have been filming at all. Like, at all. Like, when he's like, in the fucking RV and he turns around to film Bigfoot running, at, like, when he's filming, like, out the window. Yeah. Like, that's just, like, it was just for scares. That's the only thing that I did like about the film is that we did get to see Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot was pretty badass. I will say the the, the moments but, we saw Bigfoot oh is pretty badass. God, but dude, like, <clears throat> you have to film. utilize. Like, I understand you want to make it real, like, you know, found footage realism. But, I mean, if you're It'd not, be- like, I don't know. There, there's so many issues with found footage where it can go both ways. But I feel like this one really really tried to be a little too real and like this is the movie that makes people sick uh, oh yeah, yeah I, absolutely i haven't I, finished it yet for that reason <laughs> this actually took me a couple months to finish holy shit i <laughs> that doesn't surprise me because it takes you weeks to finish the movie. <laughs> well i started a while back and i was like yeah i'm not feeling it and then um and then the other day I was like, I gotta, I gotta finish this goddamn movie. So I, it's only an hour and 20 minutes long. <laughs> it shouldn't take me so long to watch this thing. So I finished it. You should and, be a uh, fan edit with just the actual watchable footage. It's yeah. Like 20 minutes. Yeah. How, I mean, yeah. I was gonna say, how was the last 20 minutes? Cause that's the only thing I haven't seen yet. Cause yeah, the last 20 minutes are actually feeling decent. Just, just Damn watch it. the last 20 minutes of the flick. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last 20 minutes are actually aren't that bad. Roll up, so I haven't gotten <laughs> well, there. They actually, what they do, although he the shouldn't story be filming, is pretty. Yeah, he shouldn't be filming, but the ending <laughs> is actually pretty decent. Oh, yeah, damn movie. it! All right, I'll report back next week with yeah. the ending. Anyway, I mean, it's it, I'm stupid because I I wanted I I wanted it on Blu-ray, I wanted it in in HD, so I got a UK version, uh, and then I found it for like too. it was like three bucks or four bucks to buy on on H on Vudu di- Digital or whatever, so I bought that. So now I, oh my, like, so you own it in two forms now. I think, but I think the the Blu-ray I bought was like seven bucks. I only spent a total of ten dollars, so it's not that bad. But still, it's like. But you still own it in I, two. I forms. still own it in two forms. I'm selling that Blu-ray. Uh, well, you know, I don't blame you because I have stood by uh, Sanchez a lot. I, I've really loved pretty much everything 
he's done. You know, I love Blair Witch Project. Um, I love Altered. Seventh Moon is probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> um, love, I fucking love Lovely Molly. That was that's yeah, one of I really the like Lovely Molly. Creepiest movies lot. I've seen in a long fucking time, and the ending of that movie still sends chills down my spine thinking about her walking outside the house. Like that shit is scary. Um, the VHS two segment I enjoyed. Um, and exist. I was pretty excited about it because I mean I like Bigfoot. Well, the premise is great. Yeah, and but it's just like I don't know. You would think there would be just a little like I love how he handled the found footage aspect in Lovely Molly. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a found footage movie, but there's you know certain times where it becomes found footage in a way, and I really enjoyed that. And um, you know, I think who's this camera guy? He uses, um, like, John, it's like John Rutledge, I think, is his uh, uh, camera guy. And, you know, he's a great cinematographer. Um, but you just would think that you would, as a cinematographer, you would say, listen, let's not do this because this is exactly what people do not like right now. Like, this is the reason why found footage is kind of shit on is because of this movement that we're doing with the camera. Yeah. I like it. I like it when it's a character actually trying to make a documentary. Like the visit, I actually didn't mind the found foot that, that first person element because it was actually a girl trying to make a documentary. So, yeah. you know, there's, I have some issues with that movie, but that movie didn't kill it like, like this. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, now I'm terrified to watch Willow Creek. I, Cause I have that too. Oh, don't worry. Willow Creek, uh, there's like 45 minutes where the camera just pointed on them inside of a tent. <laughs> God damn it. All See, right. I, do, I, don't under, I, do, I do not understand the love for Willow Creek. Huh. Well, it's Bob, Bobcat Goldthwait, like, people like him. That's what made me so. think that it was coming from is that, you know, that clown movie he did. He did God Bless America. Yeah. He had um, – what was the other film that he did? did uh, I think it's just he's given a pass because well, yeah, yeah, he's, because he's Bobcat. Yeah. yeah, he's made himself like an established filmmaker. So when Willow Creek, I was like, holy shit, it's doing a horror film. And I really was enjoying part of the movie. But then I don't know if I just need to watch it again. But man, that movie was a complete bore fest for me. It's yeah. so slow and there's no payoff. Mm. And I that's, swear that's, to God, yeah. they're in that tent crying for like 45 <laughs> fucking goddamn minutes. Well, that's what I like about m- most found footage. You know, um, oh, what's that one where it takes place in the catacombs at Paris? Um, as above, as so, above below. so below. Like, at least yeah. there's like a 30 minute to 20 minute, 20 to 30 minute, like, batshit crazy payoff. Like, I love that ending. Um, that was it. Frankenstein's Army is that the other one where it's like takes place yeah. in the forties and and yeah. there's no well, way. Frankenstein's Army's fun because of the fucking monster. Oh the man, creatures. yeah, but there's yeah. there's a the payoff. Stories. There's a payoff to it. Like exists almost had that, but I feel like they dropped the ball somewhere along the line. Um, they dropped the ball in the filmmaking aspect. Yeah. Yes. Because at least on these other things, you can see it's still first person, but you can see the craziness going on around them. Just like in VHS, that haunted house segment in the end, like that's great. You know, yeah. like. See, I don't mind shaky cam when you're running, but the whole fucking movie seems like that, like once Bigfoot shows up, Bigfoot, whatever, <laughs> Bigfoot shows up, like that's immediately when they start wanting to film ants on the ground, it seems. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
<clears throat> so if you're looking, I know it was only released on DVD. If you're looking for an HD copy and don't want to buy a Blu-ray, uh, Voodoo or whatever, or anything that has ultraviolet, if you purchase, it's available in HD. But I really, I don't think it's going to do much. But if you're curious, I would say rent that sucker. Uh, but by by now, most of you have probably seen it. So, um, <clears throat> next up, uh, I watched uh, Kino released Highway to Hell from 1991 on. Oh Blu-ray. yeah! Uh, oh, and this movie was uh, I had never seen it. I'd always seen the VHS cover, and I always wanted to watch it. Um, who's the director of this? It says, "Is this right?" Eight D Jong. Yeah, is that right? That, sound, that sounds right. Um, he's from it's uh, the guy, Netherlands. It's the guy that directed. Um, oh, Drop Dead Fred. That, yeah, Drop Dead <clears throat> Fred and shit. Okay. Um, this was a, a a really fun movie uh, about a guy and his girlfriend. They're told not to go down a certain road at a certain time at night, and they get chased by a cop. And basically, the girlfriend gets kidnapped by a cop from hell, and her boyfriend follows her into hell to save her. And uh, right. Hell is like this uh, cartoony, like, I don't know. It's, it's the it's this cartoony desert with a bunch of characters. Uh, ben Stiller is in it, along with his dad. Yep. As a, It's just odd, very odd. But um, this movie has some really fun kind of devil effects. Of the, the devil, he has like three, is that three or six horns or something like that? But um, this is just a crazy film. The cop, the the makeup design on on the hell cop is pretty awesome. And he instead of regular handcuffs, they're literally handcuffs. They're disembodied hands. Cuffs of hands. <laughs> and that gag is is pretty great. So, um, and then there's a scene with uh, a woman she devil type thing that tries to seduce our main character, played by uh, Patrick Bergen. But um, all in all, really fun movie. There's a there's a great uh, interview with the guy who did the special effects. I'm having a brain blank on his name. I should know this. You um, should. I should because it's the, uh, his name's Steve Johnson, just like one of our listeners. <laughs> this is um, a scary guy. Yeah, but there's a he. This, there's a special effects guy, Steve Johnson, and they interview him him here, and he was talking about how much like meth they were doing during the shooting of the film. Just to stay awake and get everything done, and uh, wow. he's had some great stories about about the makeup effects. So I mean, thank God for Adderall, guys. Now we don't have to have filmmakers doing meth anymore. I know. <laughs> well, they were probably out near, uh, you know, in the desert, so there's probably plenty of meth it's, out there. Yeah, meth and cacti. <laughs> you know what, what's what's fun about that movie is that when you piece it together with, you know. Because it's written by Brian Hedgeland, who did like uh, nine six seven all nine right. seven six evil, and he did like Dream Warriors, and then all of a sudden, like he just started making bank, making you know Oscar winning movies with like you know L.A. Confidential and like Mystic River and shit like that. Yeah, that's crazy. And now he's like you know one of the most sought after screenwriters in Hollywood. Yep. Like how like how crazy is that shit? And it's funny because he's never really went back to like horror because he always made like because I, I consider Nightmare on uh, Four one of the better. That's that's the that's the uh, Dream um, Master. 
Yeah, the Dream Master one. I because I personally like that. I love Nine Seven Six Evil. I but, love you know, Nine Seven Six Evil. You know, I but I really liked what he did with um, that Clint Eastwood movie, where it was like a serial killer. Like you know, he kind of dug back into his roots of horror. Um, God, what is the name of that fucking movie? Oh, Bloodwork. Yeah, yeah, Bloodwork. You know, he he kind of went back into horror for a little bit there. And then he had that um, Vampire's Assistant movie um, in uh, kind of later 2000s. Uh, Cir- uh, Cirque du Freak, the Vampire's yeah, yeah, Assistant. Right. Yeah. Was- that, that movie wasn't great, but, you know, it was fun. It, it felt in vain of kind of like those 80s, you know. But that also uh, came from like fun. a source material that wasn't like an original right, right. story. So. Right, right. But I'm just saying like it, like just how it was presented, it, it felt like one of those you know, it felt like a kid's horror. It felt like a once me. bitten kind of thing. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> that reference it felt was more like <laughs> no. It felt more like Sundown, the Vampire in Retreat. Oh man! Oof. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Uh, that's all. That's all I got. Um, I've, I've, re- I've received a whole bunch of stuff, but I haven't got around to watching it. I'm thinking yeah. about doing a YouTube show, Brad, where I just show off all the shit that I got, and I don't watch and just, it, and, and I just, just talk about it. You're gonna unbox shit? And I just read the back of it. You read the back. <laughs> I really love this movie, because this guy, he you know, he goes into this town, and he meets uh, a bunch of people. Here, I'll try it right now. We'll see if you guys, we'll see if this works. Uh, <laughs> I got this movie from Kino Lorber. It's a, it's, called, it's a Sean Connery movie uh, with Trevor Howard. It's called The Offense. Uh, it's about like a guy that gets accused, and there's like and Sidley exactly Lumet directs how those videos it, and, are, and it drives me. There's fucking just crazy. it's just this cop kind of cop kind of drama on Blu-ray. I think it's on Blu-ray for the first time ever. Now there's no special features on this, but it is 112 minutes long, and it is in 1080p. What do you guys think? That sounds like every. <laughs> Do you know what the sad part is? If you really did make a movie or a YouTube video of that, that would have more hits and listens than anything we've done the last year. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a sad thing. Because a bunch of fucking 12-year-olds are going to be hanging out around their YouTube channels be like, oh, look at this new guy. This is a great show. <laughs> and you can call yourself Blu-ray lover. Blu-ray lover. Because <laughs> most of them have the most ridiculous, like, fucking, like, or they put Blu-ray in their name. This is Sean DeRager. I'm Blu-ray suede shoes. <laughs> I'll pull the movies out of my fedora. Blu-ray Junkos. <laughs> that could be your gag is that you put all your Blu-rays in your Junkos. They and totally fit. Out one by one. They would fit and I'll wear my fedora. Oh, God. And I'll wear one of those, you know, those, uh, those metal bead necklaces. I'll oh, wear one balls? of those. Get yeah. one of the big balls. Yep. Oh, God. Big Big brass balls around my neck. I love it. <laughs> okay, m- moving along right. here. So a good segue. Yes. Is that yes. BJ, BJ mentioned, uh, you know, Brian, because his name is Brian Peck that was making those uh, shorts. He also directed a movie called The Willies, which is a lot of fun. But if we're talking about Return of the Living Dead 2, Dana Ashbrook is in Return of the Living Dead 2, but he's also in Sundown, the vampire retreat. <laughs> Am I right? About that yet. Look at your six degrees of Kevin Bacon <sighs> shit you just pulled. Oh, oh that's that amazing. Nice. We'll be getting to Sundown, uh, the vampires in retreat in just right now. a little bit. But we got to jump into some Vinegar Syndrome action and talk about 1978. Oh, I want to talk about Sundown. The Bees. Catching Bees for some old 
catching bees. No shit, the old guy's paying us to catch him some bees. Yeah, how much is he paying? None of your goddamn business. Two bucks. Two bucks for bees? <laughs> you run everything, dude. Brad, I like I built that up. Like the audience is like on the edge of their seat. Yep. Like yes, well they're, they're gonna have to wait. To Brad, down. take your hand off your dick and let's talk about the bees. No, my hand. Was <laughs> so my first things first with the bees. bees. Can we please discuss Chris Garofalo's amazing poster artwork for the bees? Oh, because it's, it's fucking awesome. It's fantastic. Like I own a lot of Chris Garofalo stuff, and he's he's a red dude. He's he's a wastelander, so he comes to the cinema wasteland. Um, and I always get to check out his stuff, but like his technique is insane and you don't realize it unless you actually own one of his pieces and you can see the intricate details, but that cover man, like that is beautiful. And you know, he did that shit by hand. So he drew all of those little bees by hand and that's just like, it just, it brings me back to, you know, before the pre, like the pre Photoshop nonsense where poster art you know just turned oh, yeah. into five faces in front of a black screen a la the faculty a la scream a la i know you did last summer all of them and he you know really brings it back to that old school style of you know the the art form of poster art and it just makes me feel so much better to know that a company like vinegar syndrome is like you know what we want we appreciate the aesthetic to the point where we're not just gonna take some photoshop bullshit and make it look like a cover we're gonna we're gonna do it right and that like that small attention to detail alone is what makes supporting brands like vinegar syndrome worth it because they genuinely give a shit i will give them all my money for the rest of my life they're the best the okay so the bees is a 1978 b film and there was a shit ton of b films in 76 to 77 to 78, the Savage B Bees, Killer Bees, B films in the Deadly 80s, Bees, Attack of the, the Bee Girls. Yeah. <laughs> no, these B films came out on directed video. What? I'm yeah. just being a dick talking about You're B jerk. films. Um, I know that there's the, my joke didn't land. the Swarm. But uh, this one, I don't, I don't know how notorious this one. I don't, I'm, I, I was thinking that this was one that I saw. But I, I I don't think it is because I've got them. They've all have been blended together in my brain. Um, I think it was. It must have been like Attack of the Killer Bees is what I saw. But this is another one of those bee, uh, bee films. Actual bee bug movie. bees. <laughs> yeah, bug bees, not just a bee movie. Right. Uh, it's starring John Saxon, Woo. Angel Tompkins, and John Carradine. Woo. And John Carradine was apparently pretty sick when they got him. Uh, he he like. He was so like sickly or whatever that no studio wanted to basically hire him. And the director for this film said, "Fuck it, uh, I want John Carradine." So he brought he hired John Carradine. Um, so otherwise, like John Carradine wouldn't have worked that year, you know, or, or at that time. So um, it was directed by Alfredo Zacharias. Zacharias and did Demonoid. Yes, he did Demonoid. The interview with him is pretty fantastic on this. It's um, a lot of it's, his, his interview is short, but it's a lot of fun. It's great. I mean, I mean, he gives he's, like he, he's like the best like person for an interview for like fifteen minutes because he gives you the total rundown 
of the history of the bees and behind uh-huh. the scenes. Like everything he says is interesting. Yeah. He doesn't like, he's not like us where we talk for an hour and a half, you know, get anything <laughs> from it. It's <laughs> like 15 minutes and he like gives the whole fucking spiel about how the bees operate and all that shit. Well, he knows exactly what he's going to say. But I mean, so the fact that this is even on a Blu-ray is incredible. The fact that it looks um, as amazing as it does just blows. And that's what blows my mind about Vinegar Syndrome is just how amazing their films look. And, and it's the most, I mean, it's the bees. If they could have just taken some 36 or some 35 millimeter and just did a transfer of that and slapped it on a Blu-ray. But, um, I know that they had, they went all the way to Mexico to get this. They had to like find this film or get it across the border. Uh, isn't wow. that, isn't that what they told us, Brad, last time we talked to them? Cause at, at yeah, the last time we I, talked I, to them, they, they were still like waiting for it to arrive. Yeah. I think, I think that was the, um, I think that was this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I could. I. I think it was because this is the one that I was anticipating. Uh, this is like the last one I was waiting for on my uh my package when I did the their uh. Yeah, you always want to package. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same. But uh, <laughs> but it's just incredible how great this movie looks. And let's not kid ourselves. It's not. This ain't high cinema here. This is uh. This is a goofy. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me a movie bees. about highly intelligent bees from South Africa <laughs> is not high art? <laughs> Fine. Well, I, I think, mean, well, I mean, we the movie is goofy, but you want to talk about a payoff? Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. that. We won't ruin it for people because I truly think, in order to get people to watch something with the called the bees and just like you know, this isn't a great movie. But I mean, the work that was put into this release alone, and then the payoff of what happens yeah. with these bees. Like Janice was laying on my lap, like she was doing, you know, like homework or whatever, or reading. And then she looked up during the final like ten minutes of this movie, and she goes, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> like if you literally walk in at the end of this movie, you're like, "What the hell is happening in the world?" And what was going on in 1978? <laughs> like, like this was an actual plot device that they used, and you know, it was just it's just so fucking funny, and yeah. um, makes the movie all worth it. And just watching people get stung and fall down <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> watching popcorn fly in front of the screen or whatever the hell they were doing, like that's all it looks like. They're shooting popcorn, like it looks yeah. like killer clowns. Suzanne Snyder reference. Um, Trailing me dead too. Um, you know, she's taking like the popcorn gun and just like shooting it at people, so it looks like bees. Like, I, I well, just, we can't just... forget. There's also the sweet like clips of stock footage that yeah. are just kind oh of like God. intermittent inside of this film. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fucking great. But I tell you one thing with this movie and any like insect movie like this, like with bees or wasps. I am not scared of anything, but if something flies near me and I don't know what it is, <laughs> I fucking flip out. And yes. if I see bees or wasps, I fucking run like a little fucking girl. <laughs> are you I allergic guess, or are you just a bitch? No, I got stung when I was little, like on the top. I, this bee didn't just sting me on the arm, on the leg. He stung me right on fuck of the top of, top of my head. Oh, 
And I was, I don't know, I was like maybe like 10 years old. And that shit hurt so bad. I will never forget that pain. And ever since then, I've been scared to death. And I was stung last year. Not once, not twice, not three times, but a total of eight times in the fucking leg because I hit a fucking nest. And I was I was mowing my grass. Yeah, because I do that shit still. I was mowing my grass and I hit a shrub that obviously contained a family of motherfuckers. (laughs) And I turned around all of a sudden I just went down. Because that pain was so excruciating, it just like all in one leg, eight oh, stings. Man. Like I felt like I got shot with like a mini shotgun or something like that. And I like stopped mowing. I was trying to like run back to like the house, and like my leg was just. It felt so fucking numb. It hurt so goddamn bad. Um. So yeah, each time I get stung, it's a fucking chore. <laughs> so when I, I see like John my Saxon girl a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those fucking bees took Macaulay Culkin from us. <laughs> I know. Now he can't but, see without his glasses, guys. He can see without oh. his glasses. But, you know, but scenes like where John Saxton, like, goes in and starts talking to the bees and they're, like, crawling on his face and it looks like one goes in his mouth. Oh, yeah. They're, like, they're with oh, bees. Yeah. No way. <laughs> that scares the shit out of me. Because I look and I'm like, because you know some movies like they paste on like fake bees and fake flies. Yeah, but then yeah. you have you know, this like, and you have like Kingdom like of the Spiders where they're like, fuck it, yeah. we're just going to put real bugs on you. <laughs> yeah, oh. exactly. Like Amityville Horror, no. the, you know, the priest is fucking, you know, freaking out in the, you know, upstairs room. But the glue, you know, the flies are like, you know, uh, pasted on his face. No, we don't have that. We literally have bees crawling in John Saxon's mouth and nose. Mm. And that fucking terrifies me because i'm like as an actor why as a person why would you say can you just (laughs) glue these on my face because it was the 70s and the aspca wasn't a thing yet yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, this year they just cgi that shit uh josh what are your thoughts on the bees was this your first time watching it this is my first time watching the bees i actually never heard of the bees until vinegar syndrome (laughs) put it out and, um, yeah, all he had to say was John Saxon and I'm in. So watching <laughs> the movie, it, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Everybody just seemed to be a lot, having a lot of fun doing this movie. And it really, really did rub off on me. This is one of those like late seventies, um, movies. It just reminded me of like being homesick from school and, you know, the price is right is over. I'm flipping through channels. Oh, let's see. Uh, $25,000 pyramid reruns of chips. Oh, what's this movie? There you go. And yeah, that's what it reminded me of. And I just, I just had a lot of fun watching it. It was just so crazy. Yeah. John, John Carradine is doing like this, uh, like German accent and he's just having a ball. (laughs) That was hilarious. Uh, Angel Tompkins. I mean, come on. Yeah. What about not to trot? That's all I gotta say. Cutie. Um, the thing that made me just crack up was in the beginning of the film, her character's husband dies in a freak killer bee accident and she has to come back and try to bring more samples of these bees. But it's like all of a sudden she's like kind of flirting and, and hitting on and John Saxon is hitting on her. It's like it's because she's doing karate with him. <laughs> her husband just died. 
(laughs) You know, know, Karate John Sachs can can do that to people. I guess so. Like he's he's in his his black belt. He's coming from Enter the Dragon. You're like, man, this guy's so much better than my past husband. <laughs> my favorite quote is when she comes out and she's like, I'm ready to work out. And he looks at her and goes, well, you might need some pants to work out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you that's, have this pathetic, like a, this pathetic old thing, man. Though, isn't it? What? Like, I'm just thinking about like, that's like a weird trend that I've never thought about until you just said it of like opening scene husband dies and then they're almost immediately thrown into a new romantic relationship. I was just thinking oh, yeah, of like Delamorte Delamore where like <laughs> she's at the funeral of her husband and the next day she's like, all right, like let's just fuck on his grave. It's cool. <sighs> yeah. Why not? Just, I mean, just hey, just it worked for Will. Post. What was that movie where Will Ferrell is, is like cruising, uh, uh, funerals. What movie is that? Did you just mention Will Ferrell movie in the middle? Like, yeah, it's a Will Ferrell movie where he goes to uh, funerals to pick up girls. It's hilarious. It's Sean. Have you met Sean, Brad? It's a movie. <laughs> I don't know if you've met Sean. Vince, Sean, Va- Vince Vaughn is in that movie, can, too. Can, can, can we just... Wedding can Crashers. We, Move on. Wedding <laughs> Crashers. Can we just talk about... I mean, we have Angel Topkins that's with this pathetic old <laughs> man. Just, do you just call her Angel Topkins? <laughs> Angel. Angel, Tom, Angel Topkins. Who... Top, Topkins... <laughs> Um, who's with this pathetic old man? Wouldn't you want to date the guy that fucking fought Bruce Lee? Well, yeah. I mean, John Saxon. Yeah. John Saxon, man. I mean, that fucking man. took on so Freddy single-handedly. I mean, yep. he didn't take on Freddy yet, but you know, you know, he's going to. Oh yeah. We all know. You're like, you know what? You're gonna conquer some kind of fucking iconic. You know, you're gonna fight him. You might lose, but you're gonna fight him. <laughs> and by conquer. You're going to lock your daughter into a house with some barred windows. Yeah. Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to watch you're going to watch your wife burn on the bed, you fucking bastard. We are going into some <laughs> rabbit holes here. But I'm just saying, the I'm bees. just saying John, yeah, John Saxon is fucking great. The bees. Uh, I can't not think of Nicolas Cage. I'm sorry. He ruined any kind of bees. <laughs> oh god. Like from that movie with the, uh, when he did with the, the Wicker Man. Wicker Man? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. It's, the it's, best. it's been ruined, ruined. Uh, so yeah, good um, job, vinegar syndrome. You guys are great. Maybe they should have. Maybe they should have put that on the front cover instead of this art. They should put <laughs> Nicholas Nicholas Cage freaking out. <laughs> I get to see them in a couple months, and that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm just going to grab the Blu-ray off their table and be like, "No, what, I'm making custom covers. Custom covers of the bees." <laughs> I tell you, the, uh, I'm just gonna start slipping that picture in in all of the when they're not looking on their table. Sorry, James. Sorry, Brandon. The the original cover is pretty awesome with a gigantic yeah, bee's head the and the uh, and of oh, course yeah, the, yeah. the 1970s cool. scantily clad woman, you know, about to be eaten by the gigantic bee. You know, like you do, like you do. You're running from the bee head. <laughs> mm, I but never the, run from the bee head. head. It is hilarious. Like this movie was rated PG. PG thirteen yeah, didn't exist yet. 70s. I know. It's good old seventies. Yeah, but why wouldn't it? I mean, is there anything in this movie aside not, from not really just scary bee violence? Rated PG thirteen for no, scary. There is some violence. scary bee violence because I'm man. sitting there like the whole time I'm watching. I'm like, why are you guys doing this? See, but the like, problem I'm, is, I'm, I'm, we I'm need scared. To save I think the I'm going to get stung. But now this movie is going to make everyone want to kill bees, and then our whole ecosystem is going to crash. 
Save the bees. Oh, they found more bees. They're, didn't you see the article? They, they found more. We're you at know like, what you uh, need to do? They, they found the lost bees. We're fine. You need to convert this shit into 3D and screen it in a theater and then just let like a hundred flies loose or a thousand <laughs> flies and just watch people freak out. People will like – I was going to say kill each other. But like there, that sometimes happens in movies. Oh, they're going to shoot somebody in the theater? Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good joke. Uh, thanks for bringing that up, PJ. <laughs> You're the uh, one who brought up shooting. I was just going to say people would kill each other if there were bees in no. the theater. I'm just saying I think it would be really fun because it's – and it also to watch from a distance because when people uh, try to swat a fly or something buzzing around their face or they walk into a spider web. It's the funniest you can't thing in the world. It, <laughs> it just looks like they're going crazy. <laughs> oh, shit. You, there was times where I would – because I lived down in Iowa and I'd have to be outside mowing the lawn and we had like these crazy – like not bees, but like these crazy fly type blood sucking flies that weren't <laughs> flies, but they would like circle like your head. I don't know what the fuck they were. They would circle your head and you would hear zoom, zoom. <laughs> and, and also it would like do a dive bomb, like right into your head and start trying to suck your blood. Terrifying. I, I almost, I almost just creature. had a panic attack just now. <laughs> it sounds like you're out of breath. You just this. <laughs> no, it was real and it would always happen. Uh, it was ridiculous. Um, the one scene that I want to bring out, I think this is the standout scene, was when uh, the two henchmen go to the uh, the bee facility. <laughs> Uh, bee facility. Whatever the, the bee facility to uh, to either rob it or whatever to attack, you know, to it. To attack or, or kill someone or whatever, but um, you know, there's the uh, the Asian guy and then the uh, then the white guy, and uh, the 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 violence that ensues is fantastic. No, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I I I agree. And they unwitt- un- unwittingly uh, release the bees. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still stuck on bee facility. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I mean, what is it? It's like they have like this room that they have the bees in that they've converted. It'd be a sanctuary, yeah. <laughs> not a facility. Like I'm just picturing like some <laughs> sign, like bee facility. <laughs> Do not open. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, if you got you this uh, this this package, this was the was it this the February package for uh, for yeah. vinegar syndrome? Um. Wait, Where's wait, this wait. going? <laughs> you basically You're, got a are lot you, of. Are you stuck on the B facility? The B facility. <laughs> it, it's, it's funny because you basically got a lot of porn and then the bees, which is like which these, is vinegar which syndrome. Is and a couple, a, a couple picorama, <laughs> one Blu-ray, one DVD. You got uh, Candy goes to Ho- goes to Hollywood on Blu-ray. And then sensual encounters of well, every kind. Well, it's erotic kind. ventures of candy and candy. Okay, well, that, that, the text was too small. I didn't see it. So. And then uh, sex and astrology. Sex and astrology. Such sensual encounters of every kind. Wow. Yeah, it's – it's um, it, the candy movies are great because they're really funny. Um, I haven't seen sex and astrology yet. Such sensual encounters of every kind. Total bone zone, hundred <laughs> percent. So uh, definitely, um, you know, wanking sick it. bone zone reference. <laughs> so these packages are, you know, it, it's 
it's it's very unique because I don't think any other company. I mean, some companies mix a little bit of of the porn with stuff. I know Synapse for a while was doing stuff. They still are. They still are, but they are not yeah. embracing it. Even like, here's well, a package of our releases like, this month, right? Yeah, it's like Vinegar it, Also, it's one. like Inter Intervision now is oh. is doing the kind of porn packets. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, yeah, but yeah, it, it's it's funny watching them throw in. You know, because now I think in March we have pigs, and then we have we have basically the same thing because we have the release of pigs. We have uh, that um, Philip Marsak movie Blue Ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the single, you know, without the soundtrack, Sex World, and then something else. I forget what was the other uh, other release, but anyways, and they they redid. Was it last in January that they redid? They put Pretty Peaches on Blu-ray with uh, the three pack. Did yeah, they, yeah, they they, yes. they put um, because the first one was released limited edition on right. Blu-ray, and then the DVD was um, you know, uh, um, two yeah, two and three were on DVD. Now now they're on Blu-ray. But okay. the same thing goes for Erotic Ventures of Candy and Candy Goes to Hollywood. Those released on DVD a couple years ago, okay. and now they're on Blu-ray. I think basically what it is is they you know starting out they're not exactly. Um, uh, sure exactly what's going to sell with this type of thing. So I think right. if it sells well enough and there's a demand for it, I think they are putting stuff out on Blu-ray, um, you know, cause they can, and it obviously will sell more. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, if you're interested, if you're interested in these releases, I mean the packages, well, keep, just the, keep in mind that they said, the, sorry to cut you off. No. The erotic ventures of candy. Candy goes to Hollywood double. There is a glitch in the Blu-ray, so if you right. did receive it, uh, if you did buy the pack, make sure you watch it. And they are going to do um, kind of a, they're doing a repressing, yeah. and it'll be available in the middle of March. Here's what's cool about what they do: if you order directly from them, they have your information, and they're just going to automatically send you the fixed DVD. Yeah, which is pretty fantastic because they're the best. So yeah. what I was going to say was these, these packages, if you want to get some ho- wacko weirdo horror stuff along with some naughty bits, uh, these packages are pretty like the March to, to uh, the March package for 2016. If you pre-order right now, it's only like 63 bucks. Yeah, I know. Right? It's worth and way more I mean, it's than like, that. Yeah, that's less than $20 a title. I mean, I know you're getting DVDs in there, but this this next package that they're doing three, is three Blu-rays. Yeah. Three Blu-rays, one DVD, and I mean, you're. And the best thing about it is that it's very much like Arrow. When you purchase these titles, you know that you're getting the best. Like, there's not going to be anything else that comes out other than its special features, maybe. But these are some of the best transfers that you know you're yeah. going to have. I I wish more of these companies did this type of thing because this is great. I mean, can you imagine if Arrow did this? Or I mean, it, it's it's a great idea, and I would I, mean, I hope more. Companies kind of get oh, wind of kind this. of the monthly packages. Oh yeah, I mean, I would, oh, yeah. I would do an no, arrow monthly package I in think, a second. I think they would sell a lot more than releasing single titles for forty dollars. They had a limited time. Well, I think Arrow know. would be a little more pricey because they well, have I'm the just, box sets and stuff. But yeah, yeah, no. But I'm just saying, I think it would help out a lot because I I know a lot of people that uh, purchase these monthly packs, and they also purchase the thing for. They also have that deal. Uh, usually on Black Friday every year that you can, you know, purchase for like, you know, 
like seven hundred some dollars, you can get the monthly pack at a, even a more discounted yeah. rate. Yeah. So you pay seven hundred dollars up front, then you guarantee for a year. That's, you yeah. know all, all the titles. I think that's a really cool thing. You know, and it's yeah, they really adhere to their fans and fan base. They you know they listen, they communicate. I think that's essential when you you have uh, companies because there's a trust. It's a trust issue. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we see what's happening with these other companies, how they don't respond, how they don't address things. And oh, um, okay, that that leads me to anyways. something else. Um, so we're probably going to be discussing these these packages um, on a monthly basis. I think we're working stuff out, but I, you know, these this I mean, since they're the only company doing these types of packages, I think it's only fair that we, you know, talk about them, you know, once a month. But um, if we're talking about the bees, we had to bring it up now. But uh. So uh what I want to talk about like talking about these other companies. Um we didn't I didn't I was going to bring it up earlier but I totally forgot. I want to move on to our next two movies cuz that you know it's starting to get late. But I did want to bring up uh like what the fuck is Scream Factory thinking? I can't with fucking releasing, Um Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2. I mean um we Josh you wrote an article you're doing the the articles uh, about new releases and stuff, so of course you're, we're covering this on the site. And um, as of this recording, it'll be up on the website at the over at thescreamcast.com. Um, did you go through all the uh, uh, Facebook <laughs> backlash and everything? I know you had to. You were kind of looking into this for the article, Josh. Like, what did what kind of stuff did you see? Were people excited? Was it like fifty fifty, or was it like what did you see when you were looking into this? I actually did go to the Facebook post and I looked at all of these comments. Um, when I posted, when I uh, submitted the article, there were about 240 plus comments. And what was really disturbing was that it was about 50, 50. There were people huh. that were extremely excited about this. And then there was another 50 that were just vehemently opposed to screen factory, putting these out. And the thing that gets me I is, I, I, I mean, these are already out on Blu-ray. It's like, so why, yeah. unless they got this in some sort of package deal, you know, licensing deal, and they're already committed to releasing these, and they have, in order to make it worth the money they want to charge, they they slap the the collector's edition on there. That's the only thing that I can think of if I'm being optimistic about Scream Factory. Uh, that that's the only thing I can think of that would explain this. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? The only thing that I can think of from a business standpoint is the fact that they have announced the third one. So people, <clears throat> there's already a buzz about it. People are already talking about the titles again. So it's fresh in their minds. So that is the only thing that yeah. I can think of from a business standpoint of why they would do that. Yeah. I from think they probably acquired these a while ago. Right, but you know they wanted to wait until the third came out or was announced or what have you. Uh-huh. Business business move, very intelligent. Ethical, absolutely not. It's no. And like when you're talking about like the fifty percent of people that's you know are super pumped about it, the sad reality of it is that <clears throat> there are so many people that do not understand or even know that Salva is. You know, a convicted pedophile. pedophile. Like they don't, they don't know that. So many people don't know because it's 
<clears throat> they've done such a good job of kind of erasing that from him. And like very similarly to like how, you know, the Bill Cosby accusations didn't really start getting, to- you know, talked about again until Hannibal Burris did, you know, his stand up set talking about it right. and calling it out. It hasn't been until recently when, you know, thanks to the abundance of, you know, horror bloggers or, you know, whatever you want to say, where these like smaller independent voices have been like, hey, this is fucked and here's why. Now people are talking about it again and it's getting that knowledge out. I mean, I wrote over a year ago my article about like, why is Victor Salva still making movies and why are you watching them? And to this day, people comment on it like, I had no idea. Yeah. It's just, I don't understand like how it is, how it isn't common knowledge. And then the fact that there are people that do know about it and are like, oh, well, he did his time. He didn't fucking steal an Xbox, people. Like, <laughs> he raped a fucking 14 year old. Like, there, there's a huge difference here. And it's just, and it's mind blowing to me. Like, if it, I think my, my biggest issue with it, and I kind of, I got in like an argument with somebody about this on Facebook the other day about it. And I, anytime I say I argued with somebody on Facebook, I just want to fucking kill myself <laughs> to begin with. But it was somebody who had children and was like, well, he did his time. He did this, you know, he's, you need to separate the art from the artist. And I'm like, well, it, okay. I understand that argument separating the art from the artist in Victor Selva's case. There is no separation. Yeah. Like the Jeepers Creepers films are oh. one giant fucking metaphor for preying on young boys. And if you think it's anything other than that, you're stupid. Like I'm tr- really trying not to be a dick when people sometimes, sometimes a zombie movie is just a zombie movie, but trying to say, Oh yeah, Dawn, Dawn of the dead is just a zombie film. It has no sort of social connotation is incorrect. And the same thing goes with Jeepers Creepers saying that it is not anything other than a metaphor for preying on young boys is incorrect. I think, I think, like, I think Clown uh, House is even more than that. That's, that's, oh my god! Yeah, that's, oh. yeah, that was the that was the thing that I because here, here I'll say my piece. I'll say my piece because I'm <sighs> I'm with the BJ. I'm with the I, I I'm I'm Switzerland in in in, in, in a way <laughs> on, on this thing. But I, I here okay. I grew up watching Clown House, which was uh, very hard for me later on when I found out exactly what was happening. Um, and when it came about, cause he made Jeepers Creepers, that's when I very first heard about it. You know, it was, uh, I think it was on, I used to go to a site called upcominghorrormovies.com and that was where I kind of caught wind of the Jeepers Creepers movie. And then that's when kind of the, uh, comments and stuff were pouring in. And, you know, I, I was young, I was in my, you know, early teens, late teens, whatever. And that's kind of when I found out, I never revisited Clown House until, I don't know, maybe about three or four years ago, we were having a bunch of people over and we wanted to watch fucked up movies. And I said, well, if you want to watch something fucked up, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. And I think this might and this is what this guy did. This guy made Jeepers Creepers. He made a Disney movie. He's still making movies today. And here's the background about the movie. And everybody was like, uh, I don't know. And then eventually, like, we put we put it down and everybody started having a few drinks and they're like, okay, let's watch it. And I watched it again and it's one of the most disturbing, unsettling things to actually watch because 
you know, this is the last movie this kid made. And mm-hmm. the kid that's the star in it's the one that was, you know, fucking raped and also videotaped, by the way. Um, yep. So it's not just word of mouth like, hey, Victor Salvo raped me. No, it's there's video of molestation um, that uh, that occurred. So Clown House is completely off limits. I can't I can I don't know if I'll be able to ever watch Clown House in a setting to where I'm like, all right. I'm going to watch this as a movie because you're right in that in that sense. It's both Victor Salva in that movie. Especially. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's you know Victor Salva's on like weird things happen during that set. Yeah. The kids are in their fucking underwear through most of the movie. No one's putting on pants, and that's yeah. not you know just hey let's be in our underwear. No, that's intentional. You know, yeah. and then it, um, you know it's fucked. We have man. it's yeah. No, I agree. And so now we have Jeepers Creepers who, you know, and, and BJ makes a, a good valid point about kind of the whole thing where, you know, it is a metaphor and it is hitting a little bit closer to home because, you know, of how the creeper reacts, which I agree with. Um, and when you said that, there are certain things in the film that reflect that. And therefore, I'm... What I'm against is Victor Salva continuing having a career. Right. Because what we're doing is we're just giving him uh, more power to kind of do what he wants in his personal life and make money doing it and kind of just getting away with it. And I've had certain friends that live in L.A., and I will not mention any names, but they have seen Victor Salva at like the New Beverly and places like that, having strung out teenagers around him, fucking kissing them in like the back of the theater. That's hmm. the truth. And that's fucking like that's what we're dealing with. Like that's Victor Salva isn't just a one and done type person. Well, and and, and that thing is the guys. Like he's that a aren't. repeat offender. Yeah. And the problem with pedophilia is that these people don't seek help. Right. They do their time, and then they're set free into the world, and it's just even more fucked up than before. And what you know? really gets me, and like, even if we're not looking at, you know, because I've heard the argument of like, well, what if Jeepers Creepers is his way of like dealing with what he cannot control, and like that's, you know, his way of like getting out that therapeutic of, you know, this is you know, who I am as a person, I identify myself as the creeper and this prevents me from hurting another kid. Okay. That argument I can get behind completely valid. But like you said, he's not getting help. He's not getting any better. And he has been spotted doing shit like this. And what kills me, what like absolutely kills me is that a guy like this is being given money to continue to make films on a big budget level when he's done deplorable acts like this bullshit and fucking people like Jeremy Gardner have to have people dump cans of beans on their heads <laughs> and donate so that they can give their way their movie away for free. Like it makes my fucking head spin. Like I don't understand why people like Chris Brown can beat the shit out of people and have a successful music career and Victor Salva can molest children and then make artwork that glorifies the molesting of boys and then people who are genuinely talented and good people can't catch a break. It's yeah. like there's no poetic justice. It's completely fucked up. And I ugh, it just makes me it makes my skin crawl. It makes my fucking skin crawl. And like and <sighs> and and also 
to kind of settle the argument because one thing I definitely saw on the forums and everything, and I've had this argument plenty of times with with many people, is that oh, you know, Polanski, Woody Allen. I was like, okay, that's fine. Think about their art, though. Think about what they're putting out. I'm talking about Victor Salva's Clown House, where he has the little boy that he raped. Right. Like, you want to? If you want to get graphic, he raped this boy on camera. And he put him in the movie in his underwear, and he's probably raping him during the production of the movie, Ugh. before and after, and all Jesus. that shit. And it ruined the kid's life. Yeah. So that's the that Polanski didn't make Rosemary's Baby and was raping the baby. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I know that sounds really <laughs> fucked up, well, but I think, yeah, yeah, Polanski's convicted. That's fine, but his art isn't generating. Like he's not he's not using his art form as hey I'm a pedophile no he's making a movie a movie a movie a movie what he, you know if because if you want to go through like it, you're gonna condone every single filmmaker every like what do you eat like a fucking can of spaghetti and you look who the manufacturer is right. and you look who the president of the company is and who's made the spaghetti to see if they're a pedophile no. You can choose what you watch, what you eat. You can do anything like that if you want to investigate it. Yeah. But when you're using your art in order to act out a fantasy or anything like Salve is doing, that's where I have to draw the line. No, yeah. I don't stop watching Polanski movies because I, I don't I don't feel gross when I watch them. Yeah. I feel I, gross when I watch Clown House. I have a hard time supporting anything new from Polanski just because – I'm the same way. He, anything that he's he done after the, the conviction, I kind of – I don't pay attention to. Yeah. It might as well not exist to me, but I can't – like the stuff that he did no, beforehand. No, I can see that because you're like, supporting him, yeah. Right. So but, that's, but that's no, where I The stuff I that he's line. put out before the classic films like Chinatown, Rosemary's Baby, like th- those weren't him – uh, I guess working through his demons in front of everyone as shit was going down. It's a, it's, right. it's different context, but yeah. The, the but when you're like watching with, the movie, you don't feel gross. Exactly right. You know because they're not reflective of the crimes that he committed. Um, Correct. I have a hard time now with Bill Cosby. I pretty much erased all his. I've never yeah, liked he's Bill gone. Cosby because everything he's done in my eyes is yep, gone. Gone because it's a different thing. Because he was trying to portray this everyday. You know, kind of funny dad type character, very, and his humor was, he worked a little bit blue here and there, but his humor was very family oriented. And then now you realize during all that time what he was doing to, you know, uh, coax women and having sex with them and, you know, by drugging them and pretty much, you know, date raping them. Um, mm-hmm. we, we don't know. He hasn't been convicted yet, but that kind of overshadows everything that I held dear about who he was as a comedian. He was one of, he was one of my favorite comedians. I can't go back and because it's, it all rings false now. And it's not funny. No loss for me. I never liked Cosby. Well, yep. I, I, I like Cosby. Um, <laughs> you would but, <laughs> fucking dad jokes. And shit. Yeah. I don't know. The only thing that I am not looking forward to is the inevitable, like, hopefully it doesn't happen, but it probably will because the backlash has been so severe. I do not want to read the fucking uh, like the mission statement or whatever the hell like the the addressing the situation that you're gonna get from a company like Scream Factory. Not, I don't think they're gonna address it. I, don't, I, I fucking hope they don't 
because they've done it before, like they did with dog soldiers, and no. you know when people were complaining about that, context, they were like, yes. "Right, it's a completely yeah. different context." Yeah. But that makes me think, you know, if but at the same time, I think they should it. because this is something. This is this is another level because, you know, another another argument because I would like to address the arguments because I, I mean I do have a valid point, but also let me say this: we should I should I should have said this in the beginning because this is my my view on things. If people want to watch the movies. That's fine. They can do whatever the fuck yeah, they want. I'm, I'm if you don't, if you're not affected by that personally, which you kind of should be in a way, especially <laughs> if you have kids, um, you know, that's a different story. But I don't. I'm not going to condone somebody that watches Jeepers Creepers because, I mean, personally, like, you know what? What BJ said there, there's a there's a metaphor there. But a lot of people may not catch it. Like they watch, you know, no, Don of the Dead, Justin Long, or, or, or the Creature, or you know, they're watching it as a monster movie because sometimes. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, a metaphor goes over my head in the movie. I'm like, I, I didn't understand. I didn't get that at all through that movie. That movie's uh, either decent or is just a piece of shit. You know, like, you know, I, I think, but I think uh, going on preconceived notions of if you read BJ's article, then watch The Creeper, then you're going to have that in the back of your head. Then you're going to notice it. And I think it's there. I just think it's how you, you know, perceive the film. Yeah. But anyways, um, I kind of got off topic because I was trying to remember where I was going is that, Oh, um, you know what the thing is people are saying, well, you know, screen factories are releasing this, you know, obviously MGM holds the rights. Victor's not Victor self is not going to see a dime. Well, correct. He's not. However, if revenue boosts with DVD sales and stuff like that and Jeepers Creepers, uh, you know, it's a big seller for them. Companies will see that. MGM will see that. And they're going to give him more money to do more sequels or more movies. Like, just mm-hmm. because Victor Salva, you're not putting the money in Victor Salva's pocket so he can go, you know, pay off the It doesn't the mean that so there's not going to be a, a direct no, correlation. He's, yeah, he's going to get more work because that's how movies are successful on, you know, video on demand now is that if the movie's successful and, you know, has a cult following, which Jeepers Creepers does because it's known as a decent monster movie from, you know, the early 2000s mm-hmm. when we were suffering from horror films. We had an effective horror film, you know, because I, I remember watching Jeepers Creepers the first time and, you know, ended up kind of liking it. Oh, yeah. And it, it's still in the back of my head. I still enjoy the aspect of the idea of Jeepers Creepers. Now, watching Jeepers Creepers with the mind of Victor Salva raping kids is completely ruined for me. You know, um, but I mean, I think that's all the person, how they want to, you know, perceive the movie. If they can separate the art from the person strictly, which I know that's the argument that we're on is, you know, stuff like Polanski and everything. But if people don't see that, they don't they just don't see it. You know, the connection's not there and I don't fault them for it. You know, and if you love Jeepers Creepers, if you love Clown House, personally, I don't really care. But. I think that you should care about promoting Salva and getting him more money. I think it should be one of those things where you just fucking pirate the shit out of Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> you know, download Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2, download, download Clown House, download Powder if you want to watch those movies, and don't ever fucking say anything and don't give Salva a dime or any of these companies. Because that's what's just going to fund him because he's fucking had a movie last like a couple years ago called what, The Dark House? I don't know. Yeah. You know, and then he had Rosewood Lane a couple years, you know, after that. The guy's still making movies and still living in Hollywood and living a dream. 
and he shouldn't be. He right. should still. Like, I don't understand how you rape kids and you're on video and you only serve fifteen months. Yeah, like it's fucking insane. He should have his mean? balls and his bait and tackle cut off. Yeah, but anyway, punishment for pedophilia. They just I mean, cut we your all have off. different we we all have different views on the you know what should happen to Salva, what you should do with his movies, if you should watch it, if you shouldn't. I think it should be up to the person personally. If you're not affected by it, that's fine, I guess. I'm not 100% on board with it. But, you know, whatever. I think just, just, just be informed. Victor I, Salva should not be making movies is the bottom line. Yeah. If we could have that, yes. if we could have that Victor Salva can, you know, serve the time and then also be just put on an island without anybody around <laughs> and not making <laughs> movies and not being successful of successful filmmaker and not getting millions of dollars to make a trilogy for Jeepers Creepers. That's probably going to make, you know, a hundred million dollars. That is what I have a problem with. Yeah. You know, his past movies, whatever, what the, they're done. I can't do anything about it, but Victor Salva continuing having a career. That's the main issue that we need to focus on. Yeah. Oh. And anything promoting him is a problem, too. And I guarantee you we're going to get some comments on our website and some tweets. And that's fine. But remember, for the listeners that are remember, like, there's no we're reason. Too, we're too liberal or whatever. No, I, I don't, don't give think, a shit. I it's give to each zero fucks. <laughs> <laughs> to each his own on that. To each his own. Like, whatever you want to do, that's fine. We're not telling you. Yeah. But the one thing I am saying is that we should not be having Victor Salva giving him any money or any reason to any company giving him any money because yeah. that's where we're fucked up. Like Agreed. if you can like if you continued to go to Subway to get a footlong so Jared could get footlongs, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> you know, that's a good like, analogy. It's pretty much where you, you're doing. We have, you know, there's there's a thing because we're continuing giving people money. Like, I know fucking Jared's like in jail or whatever, but I'm still not going to fucking Subway. And I like Subway. I do. But I'm never going again. No, man. Jersey Mike's is where it's at. That's what I'm saying. Oh, dude, they have the worst roast beef ever. It's just weird to me because I feel like the same people that were like arguing, saying, oh, well, he does time separate the art from the artist or whatever, are the same people that would boycott Chick-fil-A because they don't support, you know, (laughs) gay rights or whatever like i don't know what it is about like artistry but people suddenly that's the line yeah is who oh, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. like no it does fucking matter it does no it's yeah it it matter and, <sighs> and you on it go ahead josh you've been quiet too much what are you saying <laughs> i'm just trying to keep my blood level down because you know i don't know no, there's yeah, too it's many been... feelings but... yeah and but that's I... the reason why okay go ahead no, I was just going to say that it's it's one of those things that put yourself in the position of the dad or mother of the little boy in Clown House. How would you feel exactly. if your child was raped and then you watch this man walk and then continue to be idolized as um, you know a horror filmmaker that is making millions of dollars, continuing making movies, basically getting the – you know, his start by raping your child behind closed doors on the set of the movie that you let him be on. 
Think about that. Exactly. Let 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 just sink in for a second. Think about your child getting ass raped oh. by a fucking dude on a movie set yeah. that you let that happen and then you get to see him walk. I know that sounds really crude, but that's that's the that's the that's the reality of it. Like that's what happened. And that is why and that yeah. is why I posted a link to BJ's post about this in yeah. the article that I wrote. Because you haven't seen because Jeepers there's Creepers, more attention. Right? I I never saw Jeepers Creepers or Jeepers Creepers two or anything by Victor Salva. Now I have no desire to. Yeah, yeah. But All I right. mean, you you have to like if you look at it. I know I know that sounds. I'm not going to say it again. This is really fucked up. But however, I think that needs to be said because that's what you need to put put in people's heads. Is like always because you have to really think about what he's done and think about as people that are victims. Like we can sit around and you can you know joke about rape, whatever you want, blah blah blah. Ship you know shove the stuff out of your ass, fucking pigs. But anyways, like you can joke about that stuff. But what about the person sitting next to you that was molested? Think about how that makes them feel. Think about people that have been down that road that are watching Victor Salva that can actually relate to the victim well you've never been touched as a kid great good for you but what about all the people that has us dealing with this shit because that's yep. where people get stirred up so you have that's, to you, that's like you, 1000 yep. percent where my issue is and i even you know called yeah. it out when i was arguing with somebody about it they were like they they just didn't understand it and they kept telling me that like my opinion was wrong and my opinion was this and i was like all right cool you want to tell somebody who is the same age as selva's victim when they were assaulted how i should feel about this be my yeah. fucking guest tell me how i'm supposed to feel cuz you don't understand and it's disgusting and like it's one of those awful situations where i hope to god that these ignorant fuckers never do have to understand but the day that they do I mean, yeah, Ugh. people yeah. are gross. People are gross. So All sorry right. for getting super political on wow. the show, people. <clears throat> That's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's good to be it's passionate totally about stuff. Fine. We do it every once in a while. We only do it every once in a while. I know. Let me get. Let me get one person who blocks us on Twitter and says we're just too. I like you guys until you started talking about like morals and stuff. That's fine. Have fun voting for Donald Trump. Fucking ignorant piece of garbage. It's, but it's called life. I mean, it happens. And if you need to be rude and crude about it, like I was, I'm sorry if you're offended by if you if I said it or if I didn't say it, whatever doesn't matter. Needs to be said because you need to have that image in your head. Yeah. Because I have a ten year old daughter. Sean has kids. Yep. BJ has cousins and sisters and stuff like that. I'm sure Josh has family members. So think about your loved ones when you think about that type of thing. Think about if that happened to them and how you would feel. Because that's mm-hmm. kind of how we feel. So mm-hmm. there you go. All right. That well, let's turn this episode point. around here. Yeah, please do. Would, uh, would you would up. you let Victor Salva babysit your little sister? <laughs> Fuck no. Her little brother. Oh, God. Think about it that way. Right, huh? right, yeah. No. Yeah, you know, give him money what give him money for his movie. Would, would you let him would babysit you let your, kid? your your son be in Jeepers Creepers three? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> how about how about you know what I would let my son be in? Sundown. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into Stream Screams. Nate, wake up. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. Don't fucking scream at me. Scream, I'll break your neck. 
Don't scream, miss. Don't scream. All right, today we're talking about 1989 or 1990. I've seen both years. Uh, I'm just, I want to apologize for this because I remember watching Sundown as a child. And I really, really like Sundown. And I have no idea what I was thinking. Is this the first time I revisited uh, in a so long This is directed time? by Anthony Hickox. Yeah, yeah Sundown. Works. Sundown. So you had terrible taste as a child is what you're saying. <laughs> I need you to relax. Sundown the Vampire in Retreat. I was watching the same time I was watching Clown House. I'm trying to, I'm trying to say this so we can get to the, the, <laughs> the voice, cl- the, the clip. Sundown the Vampire oh. in Retreat. Welcome to Purgatory. This small Arizona community is home to a very select group of retirees. Here they live long lives, share the same desires and the same needs, like blood. How can you drink that stuff cold? Synthetic blood. It tastes real. So they won't have to kill anyone. Don't you ever miss warm human blood? Now, come sundown, everyone's going batty. What kind of bullets can kill vampires? Ah! Fortified wood. David Carradine, Morgan Brittany, and Deborah Foreman. I wasn't going to bite you. In sundown. Now, they got to fight for the right to bite. <laughs> so Sounds sorry. like a sweet uh, summer camp. It, this title is horrible. Um, now this is a movie that I, I, back when I was first trying to start buying a whole bunch of horror Blu-rays or Blu-rays DVDs, um, this was one that I had bought. I had the special edition, I think it was Anchor Bay, right? That released a special edition DVD. So I had that for the longest time. I think I ended up selling it because I was trying to find it and we were, you know, I was like, I I was like, I think I got this on DVD. Couldn't find it, but I had never watched it. And I finally, uh, rented this on no i bought it on voodoo <laughs> i bought it because it's bruce campbell and you guys are talking shit on it i had a lot of fun with it well i don't well, know uh, no i'm just saying like it's not it's not overly terrible but man this movie is like it i don't know it i think the reason why is it has a lot of potential and it has a lot of good moments but it's just it's a mess. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit it's of a just, mess. It's just, it's just a big letdown. And it's a, it, well, it's a horror comedy. Like it's, it, we got this, we got this town filled with vampires. They have a factory trying to create. Uh, Are you synthetic reading the blood. back of the box like a blue, like a YouTuber? No, no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm remembering the plot. Um, so they're for some reason their their plant isn't working they're expecting uh the guy who i guess built the plant or or created the synthetic blood to come and help fix it um so there's that he's bring he brings along his family so there's that aspect of it we got Bruce Campbell showing up in this film Van Helsing as a relation yeah. to Van Helsing uh he's in like full slapstick comedy mode but I actually like Bruce Campbell in this movie because he's not playing the fucking Ash character like he does in every other right. movie that no, Evil Dead. He's fantastic. I wish this movie was more focused on Bruce Campbell because he shows up almost as an afterthought to kind of get a few plot points moving, but he really doesn't do a whole hell of a lot. It's more about this uh this guy and his wife and his wife 
may or may not have boned uh, the guy who set up the town or whatever, the factory or whatever. Uh, there's question on, you know, whether I or love not, when you explain movies. Whether or not he's like the father of one of his daughters. Uh, plus they're in this weird town. I mean, there's like Remember a that whole thing I said about mess? Yeah, no, it's a mess. And then it turns into a full-blown Western at the end. Yeah. Good, See, but I'm not against vampire westerns. I had, I'm all I had, about vampire westerns. I had so much fun with this movie, even though it was a total mess. Uh, it There was no straight, almost, there's no straight through line. No kind of, you know, set up uh, point A to point B. There's, you know, first act, third act, second act, or whatever. I can't think. It's almost like a first act, third act, second act. There's no, there's no through line to the film. It just kind of things happen, and now we're gonna do this, and now we're gonna do this. But uh, yep. <laughs> but it's it's, it's fun. very just. It's just very disjointed. It, yeah. It's got fun moments, I would argue, and then I mean Bruce Campbell is just being Bruce Campbell, so that's <laughs> always fun. But man, that it's. I wish that there was a more comprehensive story to it. Like, I wish there was a plot that actually made some fucking sense well, and actually finished bad itself. vampires that want to take over the town and stop drinking blood and they want to But then humans. there's like a vampire civil, civil war that doesn't... Right. That kind of came out of nowhere. So, uh, that yeah, one, one guy's so gathering weird. troops. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I think that whenever people want to argue about remakes... I want to be like, hey, do you know what movie should have a remake? Sundown. Because it has such a good idea and so many yeah. good things in it. It's just executed very sloppily. So that's the movie that would be perfect for a remake. Get somebody who can make this sweet-ass vampire western, but make it, I don't know, under-fucking-standable. So there you go. Where they turn into bats, and there's like there's two bats just kind of sitting on a... <laughs> a branch and the one bat's like all right i'm gonna go in and see what's up and the and the other bat goes you mean you're gonna be naked <laughs> and he flies in and comedy you like though. and he's spying on on the on the woman and th but then it but it's this stupid kind of comedy moment about being naked because you're a bat and you're gonna transform into into your vampire self but then it turns into this like then it's supposed to be this like kind of scary moment where he appears in in the wife's bedroom, right? And it's supposed to be this tense moment. It's just it it the comedy beats kind of don't flow into one another, you know? No, that not moment. at all. Because talking bats are that's super silly slapdick slap slapdick slapstick. Freudian slip, everybody. Right? Thinking about dicks. Um, well, the Bat guy was dicks. naked. <laughs> Right. Slapping the bat dick. <laughs> yeah, slapping the bat dick. Oh man! But uh, you're right. There is like the there's some tonal shifts that uh, don't really make sense. But but like I said, the it ends on this vampire western note that just goes for broke. David Carradine as Mardalak, uh is great, and uh, and like I said, like Bruce Campbell's really like got a less. Bruce Campbell's kind of left behind, I think. You know, he, he, well, he I really wish show he didn't. up until like 30 minutes of the movie. It should have been Dana Ashbrook's movie. Dana Ashbrook should have been the star. Yeah. 
Dan Ashbrook is great. Was I he the bad sorry. guy? Was he the no? Uh... He's he's the kid that's looking oh, through the, the you know yeah. It's the two friends that see their friends head get knocked yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. The beginning's yeah, great. You gotta admit, though. Yeah, he's Tom Tom Essex in fucking Return of the Living Dead too. Yeah. Truth, come on, yeah, man. Yeah. Fucking, he's in fucking Stephen C. Miller's Aggression Scale. Yeah. He's in the fucking Willies that we talked about with Brian Peck. Like, he's in everything. We're in so many full circles right now. Like, we're like Venn diagramming with our full circles right now. (laughs) So Josh is quiet because Josh hasn't seen this flick yet. No, didn't have time to see it. We're not talking into it. No, we're not at all. (laughs) Josh, are we talking into this? I had fun with it, man. I, I, like I said, I... It's it's one of those. You know, you know what? Don't do it. Don't listen to Sean. You just just put it on and enjoy <laughs> it for what it is. You know. Hey, Deborah Foreman's in give it. it. She's she a valley girl. Yeah, that's fair. Also, you should watch it at least once. Cool. Yeah, no, it's a one timer. Rent this. It's I would a one timer. Don't I, buy it. I should have rented but that's it. That's what I was thinking. Bruce Campbell. So I'll give it a shot. All right. Anyway, that was our like. Our discussion on Sundown, the vampire in retreat. I tell you, the only thing that Anything comes else? good out of this movie is Anthony Hickox is the director, and he made one of my favorite werewolf movies of all time called Full Eclipse, where an elite group of cops uh, are taken down fucking L.A., but they're all fucking werewolves. Oh, like, yeah. That's a killer fucking plot. God, have you been talking about this flick? That, that, is that on DVD? I, yeah, yeah. I talk about Full Eclipse at least – Monthly, everybody. <laughs> so this is. I know that we when we did our uh, episode with Todd Farmer when we talked about werewolves, that yeah, was uh, yeah, I mentioned yeah. it. And then you know Ryan Turk is always uh, big on full eclipse. But yeah, watch full eclipse. Like fucking action in that movie. The special effects. Like you literally have Mario Van Peebles teaming up with Bruce Payne's fucking League of Vampires at, or vampires uh, werewolves. Just kicking fucking ass. Hell like, yeah. I need to revisit that one. Yeah, no, seriously. Awesome. I think uh, we'll move on to our uh, VHS Oh My God. Yeah? VHS yeah. Oh My God. Watch sure. clips. Video My God. <laughs> Nikki. Well, here we are last. Right where we ought to be. Oh my god! Today, for this for this segment, we are talking about Night. The Night Brings Charlie. Oh, good. The rag patrol's here. Are you trying to give Dad a heart attack? I thought I told you to stay inside. Be cool. Don't tell him. We're going right back. Uh-uh. Get in. I'm taking you home. But the party just started. Well, maybe you should have thought of that. Don't be such a bitch. Get in. Now. I'm sorry. You really know how to screw up a great night. Fucking killer. Fucking Vietnam. Fucking Vietnam. 
That should be the tagline of this movie. <laughs> the night Vietnam. comes, Charlie. Fucking Vietnam. <laughs> no, uh, the VHS artwork for this, um, I love the styling of the title. It's badass. Have you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's him. Yeah. It's got the like, well, like font. the text, the yeah, font is, is awesome. Yeah, him and his guy. Again, because it's back great. to when people did shit by hand. Mm. There ain't no papyrus up in this bitch. That is a hand painted <laughs> font. This is uh, 1990, so uh, into the 90s. It feels very 80s to me, though. So I didn't. It, well, didn't feel it great. was released in the 90s. I'm pretty sure they, you know, filmed it in the 80s. Yeah. But this is a short and sweet slasher uh, directed by Tom Logan. I don't know what Tom. Logan I don't know what Tom done. Logan did. I just his name's on it. Um, I tried looking it up on IMDb and I found nothing. He's done a whole lot of like stuff, but nothing. Oh, he's a co-director of Shockma. Yeah. Can we like not <laughs> talk about that? Shockma is awesome. Okay. Door humping baboon. On. Um. Well, the reason why, uh, fine. Uh, you know what? You ruined Sundown. I'm not going to let you ruin The Night Brings Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm turning um, it over to you, Brad. The Night Brings Charlie, I'm a big fan of slashers. And when you can tell a slasher in kind of a unique way uh, of not the traditional shit that was weird. Yeah, I mean, I, cause I, I say traditional shit, but I love – you put a guy in a mask killing teenagers, I fucking love it automatically. <laughs> teenagers suck. So, um, But when you're coming off of the 80s with kind of – you know, just piles and piles and piles of, you know, horror films. Um, when you have someone that's trying to do something unique, but trying to like kind of stretch out a slasher and then it just gets swept under the rug because people are kind of done with it. And this is a movie that kind of suffered that it never actually saw the light of day because it was released on VHS and then has never been heard of again. And it's, you know, one of those tapes that I think is pretty hard to find. Um, you know, I have never seen it really in the wild, aside from one time when I got to pick it up. Um, and that's when I very first saw it. Um, I know it has quite the fan base for what it is because, you know, it's it's also playing kind of tribute to, you know, the Friday the 13th with, you know, Charlie wearing kind of the burlap sack mm-hmm. with his little goggles that he has on. Um, you know, he's deformed, uh, from, um, an incident with a chainsaw or whatever. And, you know, it kind of does a a whodunit story, uh, as far as a slasher goes, but it lets you, uh, in on what's going on a little early. Mm -hmm. So that way you can enjoy it where you're not trying to figure out who the guy behind the mask is. You're trying to figure out exactly who is responsible and you know in, in the party of like who's telling the truth kind of kind of that s- scenario right. i think and i think that's what plays more to me rather than you know a guy just hacking up kids there's kind of a you know and it, and it's not a good movie it, it's very corny um it has a lot of one liners uh, that are just really silly the secretary in this movie is <laughs> the secretary is my fantastic. favorite thing she's my favorite character in the movie <laughs> She is fucking hysterical. The things, you know, just the quirky music that's playing behind behind them as they just have that. Well, she awesome says stuff like, dialogue. "Hey, watch the phones. I'm gonna go pee." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's just, it's just, you know, that that's what's enjoyable. But I, I really, truly think that they're trying to do something unique. But you know, I think it was that it was just the wrong timing. 
And, you know, being that this film has never seen a DVD release, it, it was easily forgotten about, you know. Um, and I don't want to compare it because it's a set, you know, completely different movie, but The House of Yellow Carpet is what comes to mind. Is mm. people trying to be so unique with the genre. I say so unique, like they were really fucking striking gold with The Night Breaks Charlie, and that's not <laughs> what I'm saying at all. But they were trying to be different from your normal slasher. Um yeah, it, it's definitely not for it doesn't follow the strict formula right. of yeah, oh, a bunch of teenagers at a party or at a camp or right, whatever. Right. It's, it it has, you know, it has that type of, you know, just kind of weirdness to it. It's the same thing as uh, Scream for Help, kind of how that movie's set up. It's the same same way. They they're trying to do something different, not follow suit of what every single movie does. Cuz I mean, the fucking burning is Friday the 13th, you know, and you just have all these repeats of these mask slashers using lawn equipment to fucking kill <laughs> kill kids. That's fun. Those movies are great, and I don't fault them for that. And But I just really like stuff like The Night Brings Charlie because there's a lot of heart behind it, it feels like. They were really trying to do something cool and different. They just failed for numerous reasons. Yeah. But they still made it an enjoyable movie that I wish people would see and would get, you know, a DVD uh, release or a Blu-ray release. And this is something I think is up in the air because I don't know who owns this movie anymore. Yeah. It was off. It was like released on, I don't know, some off title on the, no, it's like, let me look. Um, Quest entertainment. Yeah, what the, Quest. The, like I don't know who that is. Right. So who bought who Quest? Quest? Like who? You know who who grabbed all these? Is there even a you know a, a negative or anything left? Yeah. So it, this is something that I wish that was kind of rediscovered and found, because um, I think it would be a a fun a fun little uh, movie to yeah. have it like a kind of a resurgence. Josh, uh, what were your thoughts on uh, the night brings Charlie? Surprisingly, I really like this one. Um, I actually never heard of this movie before, you know, we did this, before getting to do this show. Yeah, neither and, did Right. I'm surprised. I mean, there were, you know, a lot of these little slasher movies that, that were on video store shelves around the same time. But, nope, this one escaped me. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Secretary is my favorite character. And... Yeah, they tried to do something unique with it, with the whole whodunit aspect, and that felt very, very short for me. I mean, Charlie is a pretty intimidating killer, and, and that burlap bag and the goggles, it's pretty terrifying. It, I was really, really surprised that I found that character somewhat terrifying in this quickie little movie that, you know, it has a lot of faults. It's a little cheesy, but it's still... a a good time and it's only 76 minutes <laughs> right and it, <laughs> perfect, so perfect it, it's, not worst, movie. it's not the worst thing anymore yeah. yeah i'm a sucker for anything that is kind of scooby-doo for adults <laughs> like anytime you have kind of the <laughs> the red herrings or you know like yeah, people that are in masks and who's in the mask um, I'm a total sucker for that, and I think it probably is rooted entirely in watching too much Scooby-Doo as a kid. But that's exactly what you know th- this movie is. It it completely is. It's it's 
playing with kind of the conventions of a whodunit film as well as a slasher film. I love that it's non-formulaic, but then at the same time, then you get it in your head like that. I almost wish that it was a little bit more formulaic mm-hmm. um, because then it probably would have been a little bit easier to follow. It's not that this movie is difficult to follow mm-hmm. by any means. Like yeah. it's pretty on the nose. <laughs> um, but uh, because it is a slasher movie that doesn't follow, you know, traditional slasher conventions. I think that does make it a little bit more fun and adventurous. And I've seen this movie pop up on a lot of the like long lost slashers. You've never heard of lists. Like it'll pop up every once in a while, but uh, you know, up until this, I hadn't really felt the need to track it down. And I'm glad that I did. I mean, I don't regret watching it. I don't know if it's something that I'd really recommend. Um, It's not going to be, you know, something that pops into the front of my, front of my brain whenever somebody asks me to you know recommend them of an obscure slasher film but i think that this also can fall kind of in like the the latter part of transitionary horror um i think that it's you know there's nothing in it that's like horribly grotesque and there's nothing in it that's crazy inappropriate um so i i don't know i think that it obviously i'm not going to show it to like a 12 year old but um you know maybe that like mid-range age i think this would be a good one to kind of introduce them before you hit them with something a little harder um i don't know it's it's weird and i i really do like kind of that vietnam like ptsd like weird storyline because Mm -hmm. this is like a really early interpretation of that sort of fear that a lot of people have of you know going to war and just kind of losing it um so I don't know. I I think they were really ambitious with this, and I liked it. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I like it. Cool. It's it is there. up on YouTube uh, as of now. Correct. So you can find it there. Um, I'm going to start a band with, uh, and we're gonna, I'm going to call it the Nightmares Charlie because that's just an awesome band name. It is such a good and, and good that title. would make a great T-shirt. Hell so, yeah, it would. Just to let you know, I buy one. Looks. What? What were you going to say? I, shirt? I'm just bullshitting. Yeah, I'm just bullshitting about making t-shirts that don't um, sell. Well, I was going to say, um, looking up Quest Entertainment's history, they had a very, very, very short run. They released uh, only known uh, six titles. Um, oh, geez. And two of those six are were up in the air for rights to be purchased because Vinegar Syndrome released one called Luther the Geek. Oh. And uh, Code Red is releasing Happy Hell Night. Um, so the other four are Dark Room, which is a really fun movie, Escape, which is great, uh, The Spring, which I haven't seen, and, of course, The Night Brings Charlie. So as of right now, I emailed Vinegar Syndrome saying, Yo, The Night Brings Charlie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because that's cool. something that would be cool. Because it looks like because these other movies aren't released by anybody that I know of. So it looks like this could have been one of these companies that you know went out of business in the '90s. No one, you know, they weren't Vestron or Lightning Video. So yeah, so nobody scooped their, them up. Yeah, no one scooped them up because they were so small. This is like uh, the company let us let us entertain you, where it was L E T T U C E, which I think is absolutely <laughs> fucking brilliant. Um, you know, those movies never got uh, picked up uh, by a lot of people, and they're well. still circling. So, 
you know, it's one of those things where it's public domain and you got the negative. Well, these covers are awesome. Do it. These VHS yeah. covers are great. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the thing that, you know, I I wish that would catch on, you know, is, uh, you know, a lot of these companies. That's why I think Facebook and and Twitter is really needed in situations for companies like Vinegar Syndrome and Arrow because they do take suggestions. Yeah. You know, they're not like, you know, Screen Factory, which no fault on them. I think they do. I think it's just uh, Screen Factory is a different animal because they're 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 linked to a uh, more of a corporate like Shout Factory is a lot bigger. And they're mostly just doing business with MGM. They're not uh, really going out hardcore seek, you know, digging through basements, trying to find negatives of movies that are in public. Yeah, they got they got different. So. uh, I, I think, you know, somebody fucking listen to the show and do our V, you know, our stream screams or, um, you know, well, actually stream screams and also VHS. Oh, video, my God. I, oh my God. I know some of those movies are, you know, Lionsgate, of course. But, um, you know, there's a lot of movies that like the night brings Charlie's going to he's only from the 90s and it's dead. Like the yeah. movie doesn't really exist. And it's really sad, you know. Because, you, like, you think about it, it might not be a great movie, but for a movie just to disappear, because think about it. Think about all the production that goes into making a movie, all the people involved, putting it out, you know, finding distribution, putting copies out there, it running on the shelf, and then your piece of work literally evaporates. Like, it's not like in an art museum where it's hanging for 500 years or a thousand where, you know, it's love from all over the world. You have a movie that you put your, you know, you poured your heart and soul into and had all these people work on it. And then no one knows about it. Like, that's it seems kind of devastating to me. Like, honestly, like I that could give me anxiety. (laughs) I mean, think about it, though. I mean, just the movie disappearing. Yeah. You know, it, that is it pretty happens. insane to really think about. But it, it, yeah, it you're happens. absolutely right. It does happen. Yeah. And like anytime somebody, you know, makes fun of me for having a working VHS player or a beta player for that matter, it's like, well, because so many of these movies, that's the only way you can see them. And like it, they're still valid just because they haven't made the jump to like the digital revolution doesn't mean that they're any less important. True. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 like one of those things like, you know, it's different from like, you know, a restaurant that goes out of business because, you know, they serve food and then it's done. Like this is actually something that was manufactured and made by, you know, the thousands. And, you know, all these companies, all these video stores is like, oh, DVDs coming out. Let me just throw these away. <laughs> and so many tapes were thrown out. And a lot of these titles were because they didn't rent. You know, and then all these tapes are destroyed, and then we just have probably a couple hundred left. And what happens to those tapes? They deteriorate, they break. And there's no, like, we just have a digital file of a VHS tape, but once that, oh, that computer crashes and, or you delete it because you watch it, um, you know, as, as like, you know, a torrent on some of these movies, you delete it. You lit like that's just another. It's like it's like the nine lives. It's just one marking one right after the other until only one person has it left. And what if they delete it? It's like gone completely. It's insane. That's crazy. It's erased, and that's that's what's crazy to me. Like people yeah. are like, oh, it's going to be somewhere. No, there are movies that you cannot find. 
Like right now, you cannot find them. And that's scary. I mean, they do probably exist out there in some fucking basement or the print is out there somewhere. But as of right now, those movies are not existent anymore. Well, we'll do what we can to, uh, you know, to champion the cause. Yeah, so if you fucking like a movie, tell somebody about it because, you know, it could be sitting in some fucking warehouse right now. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. If you see something, you say something. Golden rule. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Well, it's it's, – it's about time to wrap up the show. Um, yeah, it is one in the morning, my yeah, time. What's yeah. up? <laughs> Please uh, check out our sponsors, Coffee Shop of Horrors. Um, also, grind, uh, let's see. Grindhouse Video Grindhouse Video is going to do something else to support the show. We're, they're not going to be doing the uh, coupon code anymore for them, but they are going to get involved with uh, helping out with a monthly giveaway. So yeah. more details on that when I get it. Uh, Wolfman of Mars has a brand new album out. So check them out. Wolfman of Mars.bandcamp.com. The it's album's killer. really fun. Really, really fun. And, uh, and of course, uh, go to inkspatters.com and check out the art of Kevin Spencer. And he has some t-shirts and, uh, some artwork and stuff like that. If you're looking for someone to, to design stuff, uh, freelance design work, he's your man. He designed our logo. Um, as always, if you support any of our sponsors in any way, email us, readme at thescreamcast.com, uh, with a screenshot of your transaction and we will add you to the monthly drawing that we'll do for some free shit. Um, all right, Josh, where can people, uh, find you online? Good, sir. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Splatter and yeah, that's probably the best way to, to find me otherwise just uh keep reading just keep going back to the screencast.com and read my stuff <laughs> um check out you know, one of your most recent things is the uh interview uh the homicidal homemaker interview with casey hansen oh yeah and, uh, and check out her yeah. show it's uh really fun uh, her horror themed cooking show but well, it's a great interview and uh definitely everyone make sure you guys read that and, and I'd just like to take a moment to, you know, publicly say to Josh that he's doing uh, a great job and we're happy to have him on board of the Screencast family. And, yeah, you know, you're from, great, man. you know, from a, from a fan Thanks. coming on, you know, just liking the show, interacting with us to becoming, you know, you know, p- part, part of, uh, cause I mean, if you like us, you're part of the family, but, you know, to be like, you know, actually taking on such a, you know, hey, you want to run the site because we're like busy, <laughs> and, and just saying yeah, and you know, no doing it for free and all that, and no pressure at all. But anyways, yeah, th- thank you for you know doing what you do. You do a great job, and every time that article we get an email and you post it, we uh, appreciate it a hundred percent. Even if we might not, you know, be thanking you endlessly all the time, we uh, we truly think you're doing a great, fabulous totally. job. Totally. Um, Brad. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you writing anywhere, uh, at, at this junk at this juncture or no? No, no, I'm well, Other yeah, than, I'm writing, but I'm not doing anything for screencast. Not, I'm leaving that all to Josh. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh shoot. We just lost Josh. <laughs> um, and then BJ, where, 
where are you writing these days? You've, you've, you can find me kind of all over the place. I did take a brief hiatus from writing, uh, just due to medical complications from, you know, the cancers. Um, but I'm, Oh, I guess I haven't really made it public on this yet. Um, I do not have to get radiation for a whole year. Yeah. And awesome. uh, that means that I'm currently, you know, detoxing out all of my old meds. And uh, in like, the, I guess like the next week or so, um, my brain is expected to be back to kind of like normal capacity. I'm still going to have like my weird mess ups with the things that I say sometimes just because my brain doesn't work 100% correctly um, the way that it used to. But uh, I can actually write coherently again, um, creative thought, not just like analytical data processing. So I'm really pumped about that. Um, so hopefully you should see me start popping back up on uh, Day of the Woman, which is nominated for Rondo this year, guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Day of the Woman, uh, Icons of Fright, and Blumhouse.com. So be looking for that. Um Obviously, you can always follow me on Twitter at BJ Colangelo. Doesn't change. It's my name. It's my same thing on Instagram, same thing on Facebook. Find me, add me, do what you got to do. Nice. All right. All right, guys. Uh, you can find us, of course. Go to thescreamcast.com, and that's where you find all the rest of our stuff. And uh, I believe you'll be able to find our Twitter there, and you can find me and Brad through the Twitter right there. Um, all of you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for listening in. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to drop us a line, read me at thescreamcast.com. Do it. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Wait, Josh bye. is back on the call. Bye. Oh, Josh is back bye. on the call. Josh, say goodbye. What's Skynet. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun. <laughs> <laughs>